As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Doing 20% of whatever you're doing now is going to achieve 80% of the results. So in my case, I am bringing in six deals would be Mm -hmm. about $60 million. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fund That Flip, and they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fund That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever, and you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports. And that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. And today is Friday. We're going to do Follow Along Friday. Got Theo Hicks with us, the co-author of The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, Volume 1, and soon to be Volume 2. How you doing, Theo? I'm doing amazing, Joe. Thanks for asking. All right. My pleasure, my friend. And today, we're going to follow up on the conversation from last week, Mm -hmm. which was how do we accomplish 12-month goals in one month? And... If you want the short version of that, it's to ask that question. Mm -hmm. Just to think about how do we accomplish 12-month goals in one month. Going through that exercise, 
will bring things to the surface that I found that we'll talk through. And the purpose of today's conversation is to help best ever listeners go through the same exercise. And by the way, best ever listeners, you were supposed to do this. Last Friday, there was a challenge to think about your 12-month goals and how can you accomplish them in one month. And if you haven't done it, then that's okay. Pause it right now. Hmm. Don't listen anymore of our conversation until you've written down your 12-month goals and you've brainstormed how can you accomplish them in one month. So pause it right now. Okay. I'm going to assume, and Theo's going to assume, that you have done this exercise. All right. So how do you want to kick it off? Because last week we talked about the context a little bit. So where this came from, it came from an interview with Tim Ferriss and, and Peter Thiel. And the actual question is, how do you accomplish your 10-year goal in six months? That was Peter's Thiel question. And we kind of were like, well, okay, well, we could definitely ask that question. But since it's the beginning of the year, why don't we apply this to a year-long goal and start brainstorming ideas as to how we can accomplish that goal, whatever that, however you define goal, in 12 months. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the first question is, is do you want to kind of maybe talk about what it was like to actually kind of perform the exercise? Because again, as you said, that was kind of the most important aspect of it. It's not necessarily, it is about accomplishing the 12-month goal in one month, but I think the overarching goal of it is to figure out ways to accelerate your goals and maybe figure out if your goal actually will take 12 months in reality or if you just kind of just, oh, I've just said it'll take 12 months just because mm-hmm. I like setting New Year's resolutions. So do we want to talk about how it, it felt, I guess, doing this it's, exercise? It's the 80-20 rule. It brings to the surface the 80-20 rule. And if you're not familiar with the 80-20 rule, there's a couple books on it. Just look up 80-20 rule and read about it. But basically, I'll give you the elevator version. 20% of the stuff we do generates 80% of the results. Mm-hmm. So 20% of our activities generates 80% of the results. So we got to focus in on what is that 20% and then really get more results Because we're focusing in on what is the 20% of actions that generate 80% of results. And that's what this exercise does. This exercise brings to the surface what are the things that we can do to accelerate our perceived long-term 12-month goals when they don't necessarily have to take 12 months. Because it goes back to getting caught up in what's typical. What do other people do? How long does it take other people? And I am a proponent of putting in the daily effort, being consistent. I mean, clearly, we have a podcast that is every single day for the Mm -hmm. last two and a half, three years. So I'm all about that. But the inspiration behind it was the story that I shared last week when my friend Jared Sturm had his first meetup in Atlanta, a city he just moved to with his brother and all their family, Jared's wife, Andy's wife, his brother. And Jared had over 90 people at his first meetup that he hosted. And he got it by bringing in another group that was already meeting, and he basically took over that group because that other person didn't want to lead it anymore. And that got me thinking, well, what are some of the things I'm doing now it's unnecessarily taking longer Okay. when I could bring in a group like that in that case and make my stuff go faster. So how I approached it is 
I created a Word document, and I just listed out some of the goals that I'm focused on in the next 12 months. And I was like, okay, how can I actually accomplish these in one month? Okay. I approached it similarly. The way I looked at it, I was like, all right, so I've got these 12 overarching kind of 12-month goals that I want to accomplish. And I figured that if I essentially followed my consistent daily routine 100% of the time, I'd probably accomplish these goals a lot sooner than 12 months. And so it's kind of like these goals are assuming that I'm going to be kind of following my routine or my daily system like half the time. And so kind of the way that I approached was figured out what are potential obstacles or potential things in general that would, that would stop me from realizing my daily routine or schedule 100% of the time. So what are certain self-sabotaging things that I do or certain things that you know someone else would do that would, would make me not be able to basically follow what I say for I'm example, going to do? For example. So, what's so for example... Let's say I plan. I'll use my what morning, is my, 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 my morning routine, for example. So a goal I have is I want to accomplish my morning routine every single day, which is meditating, reading, journaling, and affirmations. So I want to do all four of those because I want to have a, a foundation for my day. Because I realize that whenever I don't do my morning routine, my day is just a complete mess. I, get, I basically accomplish nothing, right? And so it's going to be very difficult to accomplish any goals if I'm not really accomplishing anything during the day. And so a perfect self-sabotaging reason as to why I went to my morning routine is because, let's say I sleep in, but then I go, all right, well, why am I sleeping in? Okay, so I'm, I'm sleeping in because the night before, I was up really late watching YouTube videos, whether they were positive or negative, whether I was watching stupid cat videos or I was watching something educational. You don't watch you know? cat videos. I don't watch cat videos. For the record. <laughs> for the record. And so it's like, all right, so I was basically... Going for, as we talk about all the time, instant gratification at night to watch, you know, squeeze in one extra, you know, YouTube. I usually watch, like, lectures, like, people giving lectures, like, let's say, like, a TED Talk. It seems like at the time that might be a, a positive thing to do, to, to learn, but it's making me stay up late, which makes me wake up in the morning and be like, well, I could get up into my morning routine, but I went to bed late last night. And I know I need to get eight hours of sleep, you know, because that's so important. You know, we've all been there. And so once I kind of figured out the... And I guess I'll get into the, my solution, too. Is once I started figuring out kind of what the root cause was as to why I was sleeping in, and it was because I was essentially doing what I actually wanted to do and kind of giving myself a reward at the end of the day for, let's just say, no reason because I wasn't accomplishing what I wanted to do. And so instead of essentially doing the, because kind of the carrot versus the stick, do you punish yourself for not accomplishing it or do you reward yourself when you actually accomplish it? And I'm more of a stick kind of person. Mm-hmm. And that just, for me personally, just does not work. And so I guess my overarching plan or the overarching thing that I've discovered when I was kind of writing out my what was self-sabotaging me from accomplishing my goals is, number one, I guess you know, self-sabotaging. Number two, I wasn't rewarding myself for actually accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have any sort of benefit for accomplishing it, obviously outside of long-term growth, but like that instant mm-hmm. gratification just because... That's just how I realize I am. I need that instant gratification of some sort. So why not hack that mm-hmm. instant gratification and use it to reward myself for actually accomplishing everything I say I'm going to accomplish on that day, whether it be morning routine or whatever the checklist of items I have I say I'm going to do for the day mm-hmm. instead of getting sucked into some podcast rabbit hole or, or YouTube rabbit hole during the day and then kind of continuing to do that at night and saying, oh, well, it's nighttime now. I might as well just kind of continue doing it instead of saying, well, no, you didn't accomplish what you said you were going to do, so you don't get to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I took the exercise. So you have identified your 12-month goals, which in your case are more 
Systems. ways to condition yourself to be set up for success. Not necessarily the success itself. Not necessarily yeah. a specific thing within success, but just creating the systems for you to be successful. And that is your 12-month goal. But then when looking at it, you've identified ways that you could be sabotaged for reaching that. Mm-hmm. And you identified one of them as staying up late and the solution to that is rewarding yourself for accomplishing that system that I'm trying to Got condition it. myself to okay. to do. So yeah, you, you said it a lot better than I did. <laughs> but I'm a more of a systems person because again, I would say the word would be goal person, but it's not necessarily that I don't set goals for myself. Is that I kind of reverse engineer it and go down to right, right to the system. Just focus on that system first and then work my way up towards, all right, so now that i got my system, now I can actually work towards accomplishing something instead of kind of slowly stumbling my way to a goal that I created. I'm kind of like that, except that I identify the goal, mm-hmm. and then I identify what actions do I need to take and what system do I need to have in place in order to reach that goal. Yeah, I'm with you, except that I also identify what is that thing. Yeah. And so whenever I was doing my list, and I'll just give you my list. I wanted to do eight multifamily deals in 2017. Okay. We are scheduled to close on two in March. And that is with one investor that is partnering with us on both of those deals. So assuming that things go according to plan, there will be six remaining deals that... I would like to close in 2017. And in order to do that, that would require roughly $60 million in equity, assuming a purchase price of about $28 million mm-hmm. per property. And then I believe $28 million times, how I do it is $28 million times 35%, that's $9.8 million a deal. Because about 35% is all the capital. It depends on the deal. But about 35% is the capital that you need all in. So it's about $10 million a deal times six deals. That's $60 million. So then the question is, how do I identify the right partners for $60 million worth of equity? And you're not going to believe this. I haven't told you this. But a week and a half ago... I got a text. It was the night of the Super Bowl. Okay. I got a text, and it was from one of my clients and investors, and he said that he has an international investor and this international investors group who has $64 million. Crazy, right? That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> who has $64 million, and they're, awesome, looking, they're looking to invest. And I actually have a call with them in two days, and we're going to jump on a conference call. I don't know where it's going to go, but just like that, we did this exercise, and I wrote down $60 million is what's needed, and I get this text message on the Super Bowl that they say, this gentleman says there's $64 million they're looking to invest. Now, we recorded last week. After I got that text, Mm -hmm. the last week we recorded, and I had just gotten the text the day before. So I'd already got the text before I wrote this down. But I wouldn't have changed anything. It was still going to be $60 So there was still that alignment. And 
That very well could be what we need. Now, I am naturally skeptical. I mean, quite frankly, international investors who I haven't met before, you have to build a relationship first, and then we'll see where it goes. There's a couple hurdles that we'll talk through when I jump on a call with them in two days. Okay. But that right there could be it. But if it's not, then there could be something else. So that could be a way, going back to the purpose of our conversation today, that could be a way that I accomplish my 12-month goal in perhaps not one month, but the equity for those six purchases could be accomplished in this one month. And I think it's important to dig a little bit deeper how did I come across my current client and investor in the first place? Bigger Pockets. He came across me on Bigger Pockets in the first place and then became a client of mine, then ended up investing in a couple deals. We got a great relationship and he sent me this lead and now we're going to see what we can do with it. Yeah. That's a really good example of what new thing can I do? Because the first thing I thought about was like, oh, what action or new action can I take in order to accomplish the goal in, in 12 months? But I mean, what you said is a, a perfect example of you essentially kind of analyzing your existing, let's call them resources, and then seeing how you can leverage those in order to accomplish your 12-month goal in a month. But then you also kind of said how you like to dig deeper and be like, all right, so obviously I'd set myself up success previously by having a client. Well, how did I get my client? Oh, from bigger pockets. And then you can kind of take that and be like, all right, so now I need to focus by the A20 rule and focus my energies on whatever that happens to be that helped me get this $64 million potential money raise. I think that's interesting. I think if you'd pin me down and you'd say, all right, Joe, but how likely is that to happen? I'd say 10%. Because if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And it seems too good to be true. But you know what? You do 10 things that are around 10%, then you might get one of them. Yeah. Then you've got all you need to fund your deals. Let's pretend that text hadn't happened because that's a pretty cool (laughs) coincidence, right? It is. Yeah. Let's pretend I didn't get that text. What I would do is in order to accomplish the six properties in 12 months, I would make sure that I'm doing what I'm good at and my team members are doing what they're good at. And we would really double down on our craft. What I mean specifically is I would make sure that I'm continuing to build my community and my friends and build relationships, and I would make sure that my business partner and other people on the team, like you, are looking for opportunities to help us underwrite deals. Because my main role is making sure we have the equity and overseeing the overall business plan And then my business partner, he identifies a lot of opportunities and does the initial underwriting. And you help identify opportunities and do Mm -hmm. underwriting too. So it would be making sure we're all laser focused on what our roles are and taking action within those particular roles. And one example of me being laser focused is another goal. And that Mm -hmm. is to do a live in-person audience podcast in multiple cities. I want to do the best real estate investing advice ever show live in select markets. And how I'm selecting those markets is based on the most number of investors I have. Mm -hmm. And I've identified the cities 
which are New York City, Miami, Dallas-Fort Worth, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Louisville. Those six cities I have the highest number of investors in in my deals. So what I want to do is I want to have an in-person podcast in each of those markets mm-hmm. so that you know, I'll probably attend a RIA and do a live podcast. We'll do it Facebook Live too. And then while I'm in town, have dinner with those investors that I have in, in those cities. How I do that in one month. Yeah. I couldn't come up with a way where without completely changing all of my <laughs> schedule, how I travel to six cities and I have an in-person podcast at Aria, and I have dinner with all investors from those six cities. Can't do that. And so that's an example of being laser focused where now I know I'm the person who brings the equity and I'm the person who looks at the overall business plan. How do I double down? Why do an in-person event like that in each of those six cities do a 2017 tour? One way of accomplishing some of that in one month, now going back to the purpose of our conversation, Mm -hmm. accomplishing 12 months of goals in one month. I could do one in Cincinnati. Yeah. I can test drive it in Cincinnati. I can do a live in-person event where I'm just interviewing someone. I have a meetup. Mm -hmm. I could do it at a meetup. And we could record it via Facebook Live. And I could at least get that under my belt. And the power's in momentum. We could at least build some momentum. And then that would carry me into the 2017 tour of these six markets where I have most number of my investors. I think that's a very interesting way to approach it. You found a goal that it's basically impossible to do it in one month, but again, you identified the root as to why you're doing it because, oh, my role is the equity raising and that involves building relationships with my investors. Well, how can I form better relationships with my investors? I can go out and meet them in person and do that. I necessarily can't do that in a month, but maybe it makes sense to actually kind of practice doing in live person events beforehand and you've kind of, again... You've got your foundation set up. You already have a meetup. Mm-hmm. You already have a podcast. And so you kind of leverage your existing resources to figure out how you can either A, accelerate your, your plan. But as you said, and I think it's very important, is, is the momentum. It's possible, but very difficult doing absolutely nothing to like doing all of it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stimulated, in my mind, another kind of self-sabotaging thing that, that I kind of wrote out is that essentially I'll have you know no routine or no habit or no system. And then I'll try to be like, all right, what do I need to do? what's the ideal system I want to create for myself? I'm like, all right, I want to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I try to do all of them. All of yeah. them. Again, it's very difficult to do that. And so I guess something else, that technique, and I think this is a Tony Robbins technique, and it's kind of a, a little bit off of what you were talking about, but more along the lines of what I was talking about, is, is habit stacking. Mm-hmm. I guess that has to do with momentum. It's, it's, sure. it's habit stacking where if you have a, a list of two or ten things you want to do, instead of trying to do all of them at once, do one for like, a week or a couple of days, and once that one's like locked into your yeah. schedule, you've got the momentum. So now add a second one on top of that, lock that into your schedule, and a third, and a fourth, and then a fifth, and eventually you've got the whole entire habit routine stacked up, and mm-hmm. they're all solid. Instead of trying to build your entire building in one day, slowly mm-hmm. build it up. And so I guess that's kind of what you're doing. Instead of attacking all of it at once, you're like, all right, well, let's practice this first. Let's try it out, test it out, work the kind of the kinks out. The most important when I'm doing it in front of the investors or in these other cities mm-hmm. that I know everything, I know exactly how it's going to go, how everything's going to work. So I think that's a really, really good idea. It's also something that Tony Robbins talks about. Never leave the site of goal setting without taking action okay. towards that goal. So I write down goals, but what is the one thing I'm going to do? Just It can be minor. 
right now that will build momentum. And yes, it does help me iron out some kinks and do a dress rehearsal. Yeah. For me, even more important is it actually puts things in motion, the momentum and the, as you said, the habit stacking because I've done it and now I just continue to do it because it's no longer a thought. It's no longer on paper. It's actually now recorded and it's being on YouTube. It's something. It's not just an idea. It's not on my whiteboard anymore. And that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, just taking us one step at a time. The analogy that I always think of, I can't remember who said this. Who's the guy that wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul? Jack Canfield? Yeah. I think something. it was him that said that. Again, this is kind of a generalization. It's not exactly how you should approach his goals, but this is a good analogy to help you out. He says something along the lines of, when you're driving your car, obviously, you've got like your GPS and your end destination in sight, but you're not just staring at the end destination on your phone while you're driving and just kind of you know, not looking out in the windshield. Like When you're driving, what you're literally doing is you're looking out just as far as your visual field can see or if it's night as far as your headlights can see. And so he kind of talks about like, yeah, it's very important to have that overarching vision to drive towards or that destination to go towards. But make sure that you're focusing on just ahead of you. So don't miss anything and a deer doesn't come out in front of you and Mm -hmm. you're too busy staring at the end destination that you run into it and wreck your car and have to stop and do all that stuff. And so again, go to the momentum. I think another quote, I think MLK said this, which is, you don't need to see the whole staircase. You just need to see the next step. Obviously, there are, these are generalizations. Like, obviously, you can't just have no end goal whatsoever and just kind of blindly drive around or blindly walk upstairs. But I think, I think the point is, this is how I interpret it, is that it's also important to focus on those little steps and don't get lost in the, or the fourth trees. analogy. Yeah, yeah don't, something yeah. along the lines of that. And What's my ideal day? I can do this, and I can, as you said, kind of condition myself to do all these different habits and routines and again even leave a chunk of time open for you know joe fairless duties is what i call them and if i can just follow that perfectly i think that i'll be able to basically accomplish really anything Mm -hmm. but if i keep stumbling around and i can't even get a a routine in place in order to kind of launch from i think that for me is my main focus for for 2017 Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i mean i think let's summarize some of these points for the best ever listeners because we've done a lot at them let's summarize some of this one is if the goal is unrealistic then you won't be able to condense it into one month for example if i had said i want to close on 39 multifamily deals in 12 months that's going to be Not impossible, but it's going to be next to impossible to close on 39 deals in 12 months. Unless I partner in a lot of deals, but that would spread me way too thin, kill my focus, and I wouldn't be laser focused on growing our company methodically. So one is to have realistic goals that are just beyond our reach, right? In this case, we'll do the opposite of the MLK quote, because it goes both ways, right? Because he also had a vision, (laughs) right? He had a dream, right? For sure. So you should know what you're going after, but it should just be just beyond your reach. And then reverse engineer that to today. And how can you accomplish that? Knowing that doing 20% of whatever you're doing now is going to achieve 80% of the results. So in my case, I am bringing in six deals would be Mm -hmm. about $60 million. Well, it's identifying opportunities where I can partner with $60 million worth of equity. And I 
coincidentally, a week and a half ago, got a text message from someone said $64 million, this international group. I'm having a call with them in a couple days. Again, I say that's 10% likely to pan out. But if it does, boom, there's the goal accomplished. And it's important to know how that I came across, and that is being active with investors, both through the best ever community, but then also through bigger pockets and other forums locally that you attend. That's important. And if it doesn't pan out, then I'm going to continue to do things that I know will generate results because the number one source of new investor capital for me is referrals. And the number one way to get referrals is to build relationships. And the number one way to build relationships with investors is to meet in person. And that's why it goes to the 2017 tour that I'm going to those six Mm -hmm. markets that I've identified. So we've got to do the exercise by identifying our goals and then reverse engineering each step of the way and identifying what is the most effective way of getting that next step. Yep. And then eventually you're going to end up at where I ended up simply doing one thing, a local in-person studio audience in Cincinnati or wherever you're living. In my case, Cincinnati, and I'm doing that and I'm building momentum and then I can move it towards other markets, meeting with investors And then those meetings will generate more referrals, which then can generate more opportunities and $60 million. Yep. So end goal, reverse engineer, see what's generating, what you're doing, generating 80% of the results, and then essentially laser focus in on that and figure out five why that and to figure out exactly why you need to do that and then why you do that and to figure out the actual tangible thing you can do. And then, as you said before, once you figure out what that is, make sure you do something to kind of start pushing them and increasing the momentum in that direction. Yep, exactly. I think that's perfect. Cool. All right. Anything else that we should talk about that we didn't mention? For the, the listeners, no. Check out the comment section here. Well, you know what? One thing, though. Best ever listeners, I do want to ask your opinion about something. And that is, I was running with Colleen, my fiance, yesterday. And we were brainstorming a way to give back in a larger capacity within the infrastructure of the show so that we're building towards something altruistic. I'd like to do that with this show more. And one thing we brainstormed, I'd like your opinion on this, is to have best ever listeners submit suggestions for people who need help with home renovations, whether it's maybe a special needs individual who needs their home customized a certain way, or maybe it's a someone who has recently fallen on hard times and could use their house to be spruced up or Maybe it's helping pay for their mortgage for six months. I'm not exactly sure. I don't have the answer. All I have is some initial brainstorm ideas. Mm -hmm. And my question to you is, do you have an idea for this show and this community to give back in a meaningful way? So if you have an idea, either building off of what I just mentioned or a different approach, 
please email info at joefairless.com. That's I-N-F-O at joefairless.com. And tell us your thoughts. Because we're going to be doing something larger with the show where we're building towards some major giving back. I just don't know what it is, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right, best ever listeners. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for sharing your precious time with us. Hope this was valuable. Talk to you soon. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference. They want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.